Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Why are you confident or why would you be confident in signing somebody that you haven't seen work out coming off an ACL nine, ten months ago? Well, I'm not confident at all. And so uh, that's the issue. Now, we all realize that uh, that issue of health, that issue of availability is here every time. Uh, just this one is uh, very obvious and very pointed toward his injury that had occurred last year in the Super Bowl. So uh, we've got a good beat on that. We've got a great read on his career. It's not like a draft pick coming at you. You've got a lot of history here, and you take a good look at everything, not only the obvious, and that's his performance, but also uh, any issues regarding health. So all of this, uh, we've got to come in with our eyes wide open, and it has to be addressed, and that's when you see if you can uh, make a deal or not. It's a Tuesday morning tradition in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Jerry Jones laying in his bed. I picture the room kind of like the producer in Godfather. He doesn't find any horse heads in his bed, but he wakes up, rolls over. He's got one of those old touch-tone avocado phones with a cord on it. And he's laying in bed, and he's doing silk, that silk sheets. He's got silk sheets. You think soft, he's, yeah, oh, absolutely, okay, absolutely. Right. Oh, without question. <laughs> um, and he's and he's saying some stuff about Odo Beckham Jr. And you know, it was all so positive and glowing for days. They were putting on the full court press. They were showing the love. Jerry Jones speaking glowingly. And I did have some concern when Jones started saying, "We need him to make an impact this year." Well. It's December. I mean, at a certain point, people started looking at the same. What do you really expect from this guy in 2022? And he expects to be paid into 2023. That's part of what he's trying to do. He's trying to leverage. I'll help you now with you'll help me later. And it all kind of hit the fan yesterday, Chris, when somebody named Jones, most likely, 
started telling somebody like Ed Werder and somebody like David Moore of the Dallas Morning News the concerns they have about Odell Beckham Jr.'s knee. And that kind of pisses me off, frankly. He went to Buffalo and he went to New York and nobody said boo about the medical examination of Odell Beckham Jr.'s knee. Well, then Odell comes to Dallas and they get the sense that Odell wants more money than they want to pay. And all of a sudden, they're putting out all this negative stuff about his knee. And whatever the reason, whatever the reason, they're trying to drive his price down. Well, if I'm Eldo Beckham, I'm not signing there after you put this stuff out there about me. This is a hell of a way to negotiate. Or they're trying to just reel in the expectations of the fans and of the players who have been saying we want him. Well, he's got a bad knee. I mean, okay, you'll want him. But if he's injured, then I guess we don't want him. So I, I got a problem with all of it. I'd yeah, love to you hear should. your take I, on it. Yeah. But I got a pro. I think it's I think it's not good. Well, self-edited. Yeah, myself. yeah, it's crappy. I think it's not good yeah. that they put that out there. No, it, it's not. And, and well, to, to like Mike, the way you just explained it, I mean, I, I see it similar way there. You know, they're 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 trying to put the cat back in the bag here, but they're the ones that took it out. They're the ones that started this. They're the ones that backed themselves into the corner of. We want to get Odell, and it's the Dallas Cowboys, and all the media attention and everything around it. And they did that, and now they don't like what they hear, and now we're going to send out bad information about them because we want you know, the conversation to sway back into our power favor here. Well, that's what it looks like, yeah. It does seem like a little bit of a low blow. And then, yes, to your point, the Giants and the Buffalo Bills certainly didn't seem to, to leak that information, but because there's been so much attention about this conversation, and especially in a place like Dallas, Texas, where football is king and the Cowboys are king, and you're doing, you know, in front of the microphone or from your bed interviews all the time, and you're talking <laughs> about it all the time, now you've led the fans to believe that, this could be coming around the corner, and this move could get us over the edge and get us to win the Super Bowl. And then it's wait, you know, you're not going to work out for us, or wait, you're not going to, you want this much money, and now we're going to put that out there. Yeah, it, that's 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 a low blow. There's no doubt about it. There is, and uh, I, and uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is going to have to be really, really wanting to play or desperate to play for the Cowboys. I think to just kind of swipe that under the rug and and forgive all that. Jack Waltz was the character in The Godfather who had the silk sheets and woke up to find something in those sheets on uh, on a fateful but morning like, in Los Angeles. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I, I, yeah. I, here, here's my here's my take on yeah. the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. At first, I thought they were in this to force the Giants to pay more. I thought they were hanging around to get the Giants to give too much money to Odo Beckham Jr. Then yesterday when that stuff first came out, I thought they're trying to drive down his price. But then, and this was with the assistance of some people that I know and trust who are smarter than me, that's a low bar, I, I just came to the conclusion they want out and they need to put the cat back in the bag because the fans have an expectation, the players have an expectation that OBJ is coming to town to help save the day. Not that the day really needs to be saved. And I think that's where they are right now. They're out, and they're trying to spin it in a way that gets the team and gets the fans and gets the media to understand why they would tap out of this thing that they made us think they were definitely going to do. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree there. Uh, I mean, it, it just it seems that way. Now, you know, the other part of this is, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I, and I, I, I'll stick up from them in the sense of, yeah, the situation's weird. It's different in that, I, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't want to sign him back and give any real money. I, you know me, I love Odell Beckham Jr. He, when he's healthy, I think he's one of the most talented, greatest receivers I've ever seen in my life. And, and I like his off-the-field stuff. I do. I think he's a cool mofo, all right? But at the same time, my job is to evaluate situations here a little bit. If I'm a team, this situation scares me without, without question. I mean, yes, wait, wait, wait. Your knee's not good. You, it's your second ACL tear. The first ACL tear, it took you a little longer than 11 most, months. Yeah, most wide receivers to get back. The second one here, we're just at 11 months right now, and wait, you're not going to let us see you work out, and it's early December, and wait, you want money for the future and and all of that as well, but we're never going to really get to see you on the field at full speed before we give you that money for the future. You know that that's where you know the rubber doesn't meet the road, and and I understand Dallas not wanting to be a part of that situation. I just guess I wish they were a little more tactical and and how they went about this or at least released this information. The other side of it, too, is the Odo Beckham Jr. strategy. I wrote something about this last week. The idea that his camp is using this vague promise of helping you now so I can get financial security later, there's a point where that rings hollow. What is he going to do for anyone this year? Last year, he was playing for the Browns when he was released after the trade deadline. He debuted for the Rams week 10. It took weeks for him to get to the point where he was able to make a contribution. He wasn't spectacular in the regular season. He had some great postseason appearances, and he was on track to be the MVP of Super Bowl 56. But this year, that doesn't do it for me. And I know he feel I I feel for him. And we we felt very badly for Odell Beckham Jr. Because he was on the brink of getting a big contract in the 2022 offseason. If he just stays healthy, my God, if he had been the Super Bowl MVP, can you imagine? He would have gotten $20 million a year. Yeah. So now he, he, he wants that, but the circumstances don't support it. And, you know, one argument to be made, Chris, is just sit out the rest of the season. Then you're a free agent. And you, you don't have to wait until March. You're a free agent. You can get a jump on the market. You can sign with somebody after the Super Bowl. And so, or, or you can wait and sign with somebody and just play in the Super Bowl if you want to, if you really want to do that. But you can sign whenever you want. I think he's going to have to prove himself some way, somehow, before anybody ever gives him big money. I think so. I think so. that's the problem. I think when so, he's too. he's going on these tours and he's not working out for anybody, that's not going to make somebody likely say, I'll pay you $20 million a year. Exactly. Uh, well, we'll pay you prorated $20 million this year and full $20 million next year. Let's do it. He's going to have to play. And I think it may be in his best interest to take what he can get with a contender that he believes is going to be playing deep into January and maybe into February and go out there and show you're healthy, and then you get paid next year. Otherwise, if he's on the market next year, Chris, I'm not giving him more than a one-year deal. No. I, I, I'm not. I, I'm I, not. I, I can't justify that to my, my ownership and the people I answer to uh, if I'm, I'm the GM cutting that deal. I'm with you. I mean, I feel like I, I we've been saying this from, from the get-go, really. You know, it's just too risky. It's that's not good business. And again, you know, I, I I love Odell and I believe in the the talent he has, but that just it makes no sense to give somebody big money into the future 
and you're at an age and have some injuries here where there's, there's legitimate questions. I don't think, you know, I, I think he's smart enough to realize that as well. I look at it almost like we talked about Jimmy Garoppolo before the season or like we talked about last year with Odell. Just get on a team that's a contender, right? Get there. You know, get on there. Get a little healthy. And if you could be on a team that's a contender to where you can string together three good games in the playoffs, you know, and, and one of them maybe be a Super Bowl, then you got a chance to get that contract and, and like get a two- or three-year deal at a city that you want to be in. You know, maybe it's going to be the city you're playing in already. But, yeah, I, I, I would think that's the play. I just don't know, you know, and, and I know I said this from very early in, in this process where, you know, I was hearing from teams that he was asking for, you know, multiple-year contracts. And I, I, that, I was always like, I don't even know how that's possible or how that could work. I, I don't. And that's where I just get back and do, no, just get healthy, hang, keep talking to Kansas City. I know we haven't heard them much lately, but, you know, Kadarius, Tony, and another injury there, and these guys don't get healthy, He'll, the, the phone will ring again. Buffalo, I still believe, needs it. I, I don't care what anybody says. Those weapons are not the top notches they need to be, I think, for them to, to feel really good about going to the Super Bowl. And... You know, those two teams are what I look at more than any because I'm canceling out Dallas. Giants, I don't know if that makes real sense here to sign on with them right now. If I was, I love the Giants and Odell. I'd love to see it back together. But, damn, there's a good chance you sign with the Giants next week and they lose the next four games and they don't even end up in the playoffs. You don't get that chance. I think you're taking a risk there. So, to me, that's where my mind would be if I got a chance to talk to somebody in his camp or him to, to, to give them my two cents. All this talk, too, about the Giants, and he wants to play for the Giants, and he wants a multi-year deal. Why the hell are you signing with the Giants when you don't know who the quarterback's going to be next year? When you don't know whether or not Saquon Barkley's going to be there next year? The whole thing has made no sense to me. And, Chris, you know what? Just like last year, remember last year, the whole thing kind of lingered – it kind of sputtered, and we said, and others may have said it too, I don't know because I don't listen, I don't watch. I got in my hands. How dare you? What a jerk backyard. you are. But we said, we said, watch the Rams. The longer it lasts, watch the Rams. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you this year's version of the longer it lasts, watch this team. Who is Ready? it? Yeah. The Eagles. The longer it lasts, especially if he's pissed off at the Cowboys over what they did yesterday, go to the Eagles on a bargain basement deal. You're playing with the team that's going to go to the Super Bowl. You're going to, they got A.J. Brown, they got Devontae Smith. There's going to be some little crap. You know, they don't have Dallas Goddard. I don't know when he's going to be back. But they're going to have some little opportunity for Odo Beckham Jr. to make a play that gets people to say, he's healthy, he's back, let's pay him in March. I would I would keep an eye on Howie Roseman slipping in when everybody's paying attention to the Giants, the Cowboys, and the Bills. Maybe the Chiefs. Maybe this. Howie Roseman, who has no need at the position, no obvious need at the position, he slips in, he grabs him, and he keeps him away from somebody he may see later. And you can leverage that Cowboys thing that they did. I was careful again not to swear. You can leverage that to get 
Odell to sign with you because, hey, Odell, guess where we're going Christmas Eve? We're going to Dallas. <laughs> I'm telling you. I I, I I don't think that's a, I, I I think it's a really good thought by you. I mean, you're right. It makes sense. You know, it makes sense from Odell as long as he doesn't ask for too much money or you know anything that way. But it, it's it's just like the Rams of last year in a lot of ways that way, where it's like, hey, go to Philadelphia. They don't need you right away. You get time to practice and get healthy. They got their guys right. It's great for the Eagles. Uh, a la like if Robert Woods got hurt, which he did last year, or, you know, and I don't want to wish this on anybody, Devonte Smith or somebody got hurt. Oh, wait, now we got Odell. Damn, good thing we signed that guy, right? That's where it makes sense, you know, and, and damn, the Eagles, it seems like they've tried to pillage every big star in football this year, and that's another reason it makes sense. I, I, don't, I don't think it's a crazy thought, Mike. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I thought of that. I, it did not cross my mind, but, yeah, this is one where – they're sitting pretty, and they're just looking to, you know, make sure. Let's not – what what could happen to mess us up and cover that up just in case. This this would fit that for them, and it would fit Odell for get healthy, and then when you do get out there, you're on a team that can, you know, give you the ball and you can make some plays. And you know they're going to be playing deep enough that you can do something at some point. That's the bet you have to make. He made the bet on the Rams – way early last year, and they lost three games in a row right, right after he got there. So he's running, and I made the wrong bet. You've, you're making the safest possible bet right now if you go with the Eagles. And, and I, I could see Howie Roseman trying to do it, and that Cowboys angle is the way to draw him in and get him to say, screw it, I'll take what I can get, I'll set myself up for 2023. That's the play. That's what I would recommend to him. Not that he cares, not that anyone close to him would be listening to us, but if they are, go to the Eagles that's your best play. All right, our best play right now is to take a break. By the way, I have yet to mention, we've been doing this for an hour and 15 minutes. It's PFT Live, presented by Google. Oh, Pixel, my, you're horrible. You're horrible. You're I'm fired. I'm not going to get paid for today. You're fired. There it goes. Damn. Get back with After Further Review. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Simsisms. Don't imagine. I'm most excited about. A little turkey, a little stuffing, put a little mashed potatoes on it, and down the hatchet it goes. I mean, that's what I'm I'm pumped for. Yeah, so the one the I could, hatchet, the hatchet, the hatch, the hatchet, whatever. Uh, hatchet. That's a couple <laughs> extra letters among friends. Uh, yeah, and a totally different meaning of a word uh, altogether. <laughs> Simsisms. <laughs> Oh, well, man. we're going to bury the hatch on that conversation. <laughs> hey, that's right. That fits. That fits. Sometimes mine make sense. Sometimes mine are just plain old stupid. That would be plain old stupid one right there. But, you know, you, you, there is a genius lurking somewhere in there, there. somewhere. There it's is. like the Tootsie Roll center of a Tootsie Pop. It takes some work to get there. Just like Grotto the other day. That was a bullseye. You just kind of 
closed your eyes and spun <laughs> yourself around and threw the dart and hit the freaking bullseye. I was sitting in a grotto yesterday. <laughs> yes, so, you were. Right. Thank you. Thank you for making uh, me feel a little bit yeah. better about myself. And, I appreciate and now, that, friend. And now, <laughs> and now I, I refer to that room as the grotto. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Cool. All right. Uh, after further review for week 13, we got several to get to. And this is one we talked about it yesterday. Yeah. And and we talked about the potential motivations. Look, just in the event that anyone is confused or slightly ambiguous about what I'm saying, I don't think pro football is rigged. I don't. But I do think that when you get into situations like Tom Brady down 16-3 with five minutes left, you may look the other way on some things to give him a chance to get back into the game. And I think there was some looking the other way as it relates to one particular player who wears well, number 76 for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, I think, I, I mean, yes, 100%. Not only did we watch it live, we talked about it yesterday. There's just a lot of questionable moments. And then even us talking about it yesterday, you know, I did see things on social media. You know, I had a, I had a, a, a coach text me, right, who had kind of seen our conversation, and he was like, I, I'm not so sure Donovan Smith didn't hold almost every play the whole second half when I was watching the football game. <laughs> so that's where I think this is, you know, it organically kind of popped up for us. And now we're going to show a little montage of some questionable moments just on the last two drives, let alone I think there's a lot more to go along with it the rest of the game. Well, and Browns fans would say, go back and watch the game from last week and what he did to Miles Garrett. Uh-huh. And, uh, and 49ers fans are saying, Good luck. As we said yesterday, he's going to be Jeff Van Gundy on Alonzo Mourning's leg if he tries to do that stuff to Nick Bosa. But here it is from Monday night. Donovan Smith, the final two drives, every instance of holding that we could find, and it begins right away, second and ten. There they are. And, of course, it's uncalled. Goes for a first down. It's uncalled. It should have been half the distance to the goal. Replay the down. I don't He's think older. I didn't find that the worst to be the worst one of the. I, I can go with that one not being called, but but certainly it was close. That one was holding and probably illegal hands to the face right there. We left out the bear hug. The bear hug was one play before that. How did we leave out the bear hug? It ended up being an incomplete pass, but there's another hold on the next play. He figures he got away with the bear hug. What's that one, Chris? Yeah, right, exactly right. But you know, again, it, this is for people to watch. That was clearly a face mask or hands to the face as well. Uh, you know, again, I, it's it's his hands were all up in it, in the chin, grabbed the face mask for a half second too. When I was watching on film, you could see that, right here. No, no, that one I didn't I didn't have a problem with this one. There might have been a little holding of the shoulder pads, but I think it was the worst. You know. Yeah, but there it is, left yeah. hand. You get desensitized to it, though, when he's doing it blatantly. And, again, it's the old Legion of Boom mindset. Hold them on every play when they're receivers, and they're not going to call the flag on I mean, every play. that's egregious right there. That should be now – it should be second and 20. I mean, this is – again, this is classified as, you know, this is almost manslaughter. This is bear-hugging again. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's cowboy-collared them, too. That, that's it's, – it's dangerous. You know, he was so all over the place in this football game. This was a little bit of the bear hug of the play that we, I, I don't know, we didn't put in the clip that we showed so much yesterday. Ball was gone kind of by the time he's, he's held. him up. I know, but he's, he's wrapping him, him up. up. Exactly right. Exactly. Now here, I mean, what, what is that? He, what are they watching? What are they watching? He gets an extra seven yards because he held somebody. <laughs> like, he's what are they doing? Around. You know, he's the Saints players did not make a big enough deal about it. You know, even on that no. one there, you got spun around, buddy. Like, come on. You know, and then here. That one got called. 
Oh, this, this is one, the one that called. This one got called. No, it, yeah. yeah, it might might have been this one. Finally, you're right. That's the one that got called. And we we listen. We left off. You're right. The most egregious one we showed from yesterday. All right, but there, you know, again, it, it, this is this is very suspect here. Let's see. I mean, the ball being gone quick saved him on a few of these, but still, was he was attempting to hold. We well, and, he, and you can see that he, he's, he constantly grabs under the shoulder pads. And if they're not going to call it, why would you stop doing it? If the technique you're doing to keep your 45-year-old quarterback from getting blown up is working, you're going to keep here's doing the bear it, hug. by the way. Here's, yeah. we, here's the one we looked at. This is the worst call, non-call, any call. Of, he has him spun around with his arms under his armpits. It's like they're doing some kind of dance, Chris. Uh, yeah. Mike, it's Mike, amazing to me. It's, no, Look at it, that. It, it, it's it's egregious, and it's it's so horrible that it, it really makes me – I want to just throw four-letter words out to the NFL and the referees and everybody. It's it's ridiculous. And, you know, Mike, to your point, too, it just goes – it's it's almost disrespectful. You know, all the times we get the, the – uh, oh, well, you know, if you keep the hands inside the body, they won't call. Every one of his plays, the hands are outside the body, on the shoulders, hugging somebody, whatever – and some of those are so egregious, and they were positive games for the offense that it, it's 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 you're you're inviting conspiracy but, theories. But, but for some of them, for some of them, you have to look closely. You have to maybe squint a little bit. It's maybe not obvious. I mean, this is so obvious, and he's like he's like drowning in quicksand. He's got his arm up in the air. Like, look at like how do you not see this? How does no one see this there's, as it's happening? There's a, I, I, I need to go back and watch more, but there's a bunch more of these too. We're just this is yeah. the last two drives, everybody. Just the last two drives. If and, there's another one like that, I want to see it tomorrow. And 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 you're Chris, but you made a great point yesterday, and I need to write about this at PFT. It's incumbent on the team that is getting screwed to shout we're getting screwed. Yes. The players need to be doing it. The coach needs to be doing it. At some point, you got to get a 15-yard call on you. That's how loudly you've got to make your point. Yeah. That what are you doing here? Did you put money on the Buccaneers to win tonight? Is that what's going on here, Mr. Referee? At some point, you gotta you gotta say that to their face to get them to wake the f up and start calling these fouls. Yeah, I, I agreed. It's like they took the approach. Well, we're just gonna play and not complain about the refs. And no, there's a time where you, you gotta complain. You do, and it's it's hard not to watch the game as a guy like you, where I don't believe this is the case. But it's hard to go back and watch and think that the referees were like, well, this one's over. I'm just gonna let it go. And, you know, make the game close and fun for TV here. It, it's hard not to think that's kind of what went on. And we see it a, a little too much, honestly. And I, I'm going to start putting it all on blast. I'm, I'm gotten to the point where on Sundays I'm going to start to keep a list of all this stuff. Because I've, I've, had, I've had too many Sundays where we've talked about all these things. We lose track of them because we're trying to do too many other things. And it's, it's just cheap and not buttoned up by the NFL to be more covered up in, in these you know, scenarios across the league. And let me tell you something. They can be as pissed as they want at me. I don't oh, they're going to hate us. I'm the, one, I'm the one whose email is out there for everybody to communicate with and say NFL is rigged. NFL is rigged. This game is fixed. The officials are corrupt. Somebody's Tim Donahue. I'm the one has got to deal with that crap. 
And I'm the one that's trying to push back on their behalf and say, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not. So, but, you know, that's fine. That's fine. I'm still going to keep doing it. Uh, They're not going to be upset that we're saying what we're saying. They'd rather we just shake the pom-poms and talk about something other than this. But you got to button it up. And I hope the hell that somebody got fired who was wearing black and white striped shirts. I don't want to see anybody get fired in December. Wait until January and fire them then. But somebody needs to be accountable for that mess the other night, whether it's Clay Martin, the head of the crew, or whoever was responsible for watching Donovan Smith. Somebody's watching the left tackle, and they weren't really watching the left tackle at all at all, all night long. All right. At all. Some other stuff yeah, from after further it. review. And, and there's a couple of hits, and this is a point you made in the viewing room on Sunday. Standalone games get a little more attention from the league office than the cluster of games at 1 o'clock Eastern. Here's the standalone game from Thursday night. DeMar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills applies an illegal hit to Jacoby Myers and draws not just the foul for an illegal hit to a defenseless receiver, but he gets ejected at the behest of 345 Park Avenue. Okay. Um, I Look, I it's clearly a foul. It's clearly a foul. Sure. And if that's the standard for ejection, that's fine. But you got to use it all the time. You can't just use it in that game, Chris. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, let's show the other one. Just let's go right to the back-to-back to show this. So he gets ejected, and I want to go back and talk about that one a little bit. But then here we have this far more egregious, far later after the ball's there, and a launching at the head with his own head by Marcus Epps. Not only dangerous for Traylon Burks, a receiver, dangerous for himself to hurt his own neck or head and we just get a penalty are you are you this was textbook put it on a reel for training camp next year this is not what you do at safety position this is not what you do and you just get a penalty but the other guy who was bang 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 exactly right tried to turn his shoulder and not hit the guy with his head jacoby myers who then if we could go back to that one, caught the ball and lowered his crown of the helmet. And I'm not saying, again, I know this is unprotected, but what I want to say to the NFL, we got to figure this out. Because if DeMar Hamlin doesn't hit him here, he's going to become a social media meme by like, oh, you're soft, you're weak, what are you doing? You're just, you're, the Bills are just letting guys catch, touch, catch touchdowns. It, it starts to become that out there. All right? Instead, what do we do? All right, so now here's Mac Jones who made a bad decision and killed his receiver, but we're going to reward the bad play and the bad decision by the quarterback and give them the first down because Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott, you taught your players to do everything right, and we played the right defense, and you played the right way at safety, DeMar Hamlin, but we're going to reward the other team. That's everything football stands against. Everything, everything, fundamental flaw with the game right now. And they're ruining it at 345. And I'm sorry. That's a point that Tom Brady made in the preseason of 2021, that the rules reward bad play. Whoa. Rules allow Way quarterbacks too much. to put their players at risk because we know we're going to get the 15 yards. But, yeah, that's a hospital ball that Mac Jones threw. That's right. They got to do something. He's the one responsible for it. Right. Because – because sometimes, yeah, sometimes you have Marcus Epps launch at a guy 
and should have been ejected for that. Right. But when you get one of those bang-bang plays, it's a result of the quarterback putting the ball in a spot he shouldn't have put it in because he put his receiver in that position to get hit in the head or with a helmet right after he caught the ball because it's unavoidable at that point. Right. But, hey, we get another 15 yards out of it. It's, re- it's people still something know, the quarterback shouldn't do. Exactly. People want to know why the league's crazy and like things like, you know, I can't believe this team. It's, it's, it's shit like this. That's why it's happening. We're allowing the worst team to win, which ultimately is going to hurt the league because it's going to mean the best teams don't get in the Super Bowl or the playoffs, and it's going to lead to less than great watches on TV. And that's where they got to watch out too. And then they got to figure something out here. They got to figure it out. I don't know what they do. Like Demar Hamblin, he shouldn't have. They they need to. Like, Mac Jones should have to pay the fine. He should have to. To take the money out of DeMar Hamlin for standing there as a guy's running at him and going like this to protect himself. What they obviously also are showing me is they don't care about the protection of the defense at all. It's only about no, receivers no, and quarterbacks. And it right. just it really bothers me the message they put out a lot of the times. This goes back to 2010, October 17. In real time, there were three plays where receivers got, got hit in the head and concussed or potentially concussed, and it just was a bad look, and they, be, they, they just they don't care. If it was unintentional, they don't care. They're going to hold you to this standard even if there was no way to avoid it. That's the problem. They accept the, the 15 yards of field position, the fine, and everything that goes along with it, even if there's no way to avoid it. And I don't know that they have a solution. If they have, I doubt that. I mean, they, they just haven't come up with one, and I don't think that there is one to come up with. One more real quickly. This goes back to Titans, Eagles. Christian Fulton of Tennessee was called for illegal contact on this fundamental AJ flaw Brown here touchdown in the NFL it right should now. have been something else in your opinion let's take a look at it fundamental flaw in the league right now this is this is a it's a real issue because we've been it's so pro offense and the defense has absolutely no rights anymore none that people think this is defensive pass interference are you effing kidding me are you the defense is allowed to be on the field they're allowed to stand in the spot they're standing in you don't get the right just because, wait, we drew on the chalkboard that you go that way, that that means you get to run through the guy covering you. They called this they called this defensive pass interference. What what are you talking about? That, to me, is it's pitiful. And really, we've gotten so used to it that a lot of people, fans and stuff, they look at it and go, oh, yeah, that was pass interference all the way. And then you go, no. The defense has a right to be in the spot. They have a right to play the ball. He was standing there. Yeah, did he jump on the double move? Okay, but he's still there. It doesn't mean A.J. Brown can just run right through him. And that's where. And the ball wasn't in the air either, so it wasn't pass interference. I watched this very closely yesterday. The NFL, no, it was. It was defense. It was. It was illegal contact. Illegal contact. But okay, for that's Brown, good. but for Brown, it it should have been offensive pass. Exactly it's, right. It's, and this is like blocking a yard downfield before the ball's in the it, air. It's uh, it's 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 a shame. And I just the, again, Tony Dungy. We talked about it a lot on Sunday in the viewing room. The defense has no rights for anything anymore. It's so swayed for the offense. It is unbelievable. And it's again fundamentally ruining the the game and the the hey, game in my Chris, opinion. Defense wins championships. Offense makes money. It's all they care about, it seems like. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. Let's take a break. Week 14 power rankings when PFT Live continues right after this.
Josh Jacobs, 74 yards on 13 carries, and he gets it again. Pitches it back to Derek Carr. Looking downfield for Devontae Adams. It's straight at the five. Touchdown Raiders. That's even more glorious. Hurts, back, pumps, looks. He is floating it deep for A.J. Brown, who has it. He took it. And he scores. A.J. Brown took it away from Trey Avery and scored his second touchdown of the game. I'm telling you, they got to get these boys in the weight room. Tyreek is out left. Going to run a deep route. Chua going to step up. Oh, oh got hit from behind. The ball is on and is picked up. Run back the other way by Trey Greenlaw. A scoop and score. Touchdown. I love the graphics we're adding to the Hump Day Homers. I've noticed that recently. For those of you listening on Sirius XM 85, you're missing out. You should be watching on Peacock. Either way, Power Rank is time. Presented by our friends at Google Pixel. And here we are. A, or A, wait, it was going well until I got the wrong conference. NFC East taking over the Power Rankings, Chris. Eagles 1, Cowboys 2. Do you agree? Uh, it, it, I definitely agree with number one. That's for sure. Number two and three and four there, there that that's debatable. Hey, uh, but but uh, it, I'm not mad. Fifty four to nineteen, fifty four to nineteen, and forty to three. I, two exactly. Of the last three games. I, that's extremely impressive. So I'm not going to push back on you much there. I'm not. I'm right. I, I, I hear you there. That's how about them Cowboys? You don't see teams do that very often, and that's that's got to be respected. It shows you just the overall explosiveness of that Dallas Cowboy football team throughout, and that when they play at a high level. It's it's as high as you can get in the NFL. I, I think you got the top five right for sure. You know, I, I I love that. I'd probably put the Bengals in front of your Vikings football team, but either way, I got ten you there. Ten and two, eight and four. I know, ten and two, I know. That's four. hard, right? And same with the Dolphins. You know, with that record as well. I will say with the Dolphins, you know, they they to me, even in the losing effort last week, were they're every bit in the class of the 49ers. Tua Tua played horrible. But that, that's really the bottom line. Tua left more yards and, and points on the board than any quarterback I've seen in any game the whole year. So but that, isn't that relevant? Isn't well, that relevant? It is. To the team it, it if makes the quarterback you, plays horribly. It makes, agreed. It makes you wonder. You know, wait, wait. Is you know when things got a little fast and they took away some of the easy stuff? Yeah, can he do it? That's a question for sure. But the team itself is you know in that combo. But yeah, Mike. I mean, it, the cool thing is, I feel like this is the first week we're getting into. We kind of know those top seven or eight teams are they're in a different class than the rest of the the, the, the top eight are in a different class, in my opinion, than the, the other 24, at least as of right now, and kind of established themselves to me as the real upper class of the NFL. And then you got a bunch of other guys kind of fighting in there to, to get into that club. And, you know, you mentioned the Dolphins at eight. They did lose to the Bengals, and they did lose to the Vikings. Now, they didn't have Tua right. for those games. Tua exited that Thursday night game against Cincinnati in week four, and the Vikings beat Skylar Thompson and Teddy Bridgewater a little bit later. But regardless, full body of work, I think that's fair for the Dolphins. And they fell four spots after losing decisively to the San Francisco 49ers, who had a rookie quarterback take over for Jimmy G, and they still weren't able to outscore yeah. San Francisco. The thing about, and we're going to be talking about this later uh, in the week as we do our picks, but the Vikings at at six, can we look at the next page? 
The Lions, I assume, if I recall correctly, are like 19 now. I don't know. Are they at 19? Man, is that is that the is that the highest they've been in in a in a century? Well, When's the last time I, you had I, them up it's there? It's pretty high. <laughs> it's pretty high. Uh, they're favored by two and a half points over Minnesota. Oh, that one out. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, hey, the the Lions team has got some real talent, uh, and and they pose some problems for everybody. And their defense has got it straight to a degree here where you go, wait, they, they, they can kind of match up against anybody. The defenses, they've made the appropriate changes there. Uh, but I'm shocked still to see that they're favored by the Vikings. But I think that speaks to what we've talked about a lot. The Vikings, are, yeah, they won again. <laughs> I'm not sure they were the better team on the field, but they won. It's, it's the damnedest thing I've ever seen with your Minnesota team there. It's unbelievable. And it the Vikings is. were up 20 to 3. Yeah. Every time the Vikings get themselves in position to have an easy third quarter, fourth quarter, it just you just feel it. You can feel it coming through the wall of monitors of all the games we're watching. Here it comes, here it goes, and surely they can't find a way again to hold on and win. And they do. The only way to beat them is to blow them out. The Cowboys did it, the Eagles did it. Because if you let them hang around, Patrick Peterson told me this after the game on Sunday. We got 11 guys on defense who each believe they are going to be the one to make the play, and one of them ends up being the guy to make the play. Let's take the break. When we return, best catches and feats of strength from Week 13 right here on PFT Live. Um, oh, you blurred my tweet. I, I tweeted this last night after the dust settled on Baker Mayfield to the Rams on the S-T we didn't see coming bingo card for 2022 who had, quote, Rams leave a locker for OBJ and end up with Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I never even thought of that. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. I, it, it really is. It really is wild that it, that it all shook out that way. And uh, now we wait to see where OBJ goes, but we know where Baker Mayfield is. So today's draft, things we didn't see coming in 2022 go well I'm gonna go with the first obvious one I mean I did not think that an ESPN analyst would be a head coach of the football team <laughs> midway through the year all right <laughs> so that's one that that caught us all at a left field and uh, we can all discuss whether they should have done it or not I think he's done a, a pretty damn good job uh I really do but yeah that was certainly one of the crazier things we've seen you know all year with with that move and of all the ESPN analysts, Jeff Saturday. I, I mean, we probably could have come up with 10 at least more likely. Like Rex Ryan would have been the first one I thought of because sure, he's at sure. least been a coach before. Right, right. So there's probably others that we would have said, yeah, maybe him, maybe Teddy Bruschi before Jeff Saturday. Just Jeff Saturday would not have, would not have popped as uh, one of the options, but it did. Uh, obviously, and look, it's, it's not like anybody expected Russell Wilson to stink. But Russell Wilson stinks this year, and I don't know why. Is it coaching? Is it him? Is it he's lost just enough mobility that he can't play like he used to? I don't know, but he's not good. He went from franchise quarterback to a guy who you could fairly ask, should he even be on the field? We never saw that coming. We assumed it would be a lot like Peyton Manning a decade ago, and it's the exact opposite. Yes. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. No way would I have expected it. I, I could have understood, man, it was – you know, a tough year wasn't the greatest. It, this has been, you know, it's been horrible. There, there's no other way to say it. 
It's they been, will write books about this. They will write books about it. It, it is someday. It's, it's pretty amazing. It is uh, it, just to to see the fall of a player that you know we held in such a high regard there for so long. Pretty shocking. The next one, I think I'm going to go with here. Mm, I think I'm going to go to I'm going to go to Justin Fields. I'm going to go to Justin Fields. I mean, I would have never you know, saw this coming to the extent of what we're seeing right now. And especially forget this year. I mean, this year, earlier this year, it was all headed in the wrong direction where we were going, I don't know. I don't, man, it, they don't even want to throw the football with them. They don't even want to do anything. They're calling things so basic. I don't think they trust them at all. And I, you know, you can't trust where the ball is going to go with them. And then again, I don't, we talked about this, but that Monday night unveiling of the quarterback run, it's changed him. It's changed the team. It's changed the way he throws the football now because he's got positive things going. So now he's more confident doing that. But I never would. Justin Fields right now is looking like the greatest running back, greatest running quarterback we've ever seen in the history of football. I did not expect to say that at this point of the year, but that's where we are. This is Michael Vickish, Lamar Jackson-ish, and every bit as talented a runner. And uh, I'm amazed by that. And that's that's kudos to him. Throughout most of the offseason, we saw a transition of great players from the NFC to the AFC. There were some exceptions, like A.J. Brown going from the Titans to the Eagles. But for the most part, it was great players leaving the NFC for the AFC. And it caused me to come to the conclusion that there were 13 true contenders in the AFC for playoff spots. And there were three who weren't. The Jaguars, the Texans, and the Jets. Well... The Jets are playoff contenders, despite the fact that they're still as dysfunctional as ever with this whole <laughs> Mike White, Zach Wilson dance. Yeah, they're still trying to be the same old Jets, and they're not. Chris, we're going to do round three next block, but I want to give you a chance to address that. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it, it is. I, I never saw. I think we talked about it a ton in August, right? We were like, man, the Jets. There's some talent. We like the roster, but man, with that schedule and having to start out with the first four games of the AFC North, who did they piss right. off at three forty-five Park right. Avenue? We said that over. Over and over exactly. Again. We kept thinking, no, they're just not going to get that those few wins under their belt to gain some steam. Well, nobody helps you out more than the Cleveland Browns. And when the Cleveland Browns <laughs> do what they did, they were like, no, Jets, we want you to get some confidence here. And ever since then, it's been, yeah, one of the cooler stories in football with that dysfunction you're talking about. Yeah, and, and it will continue because they are into the back half of the schedule now. They've weathered the storm, and they should be able to win enough. We'll see. We'll see. they got the Bills this week. We'll see if they can win enough to get into the postseason. We'll do round three of the stuff we didn't see coming for 2022 when PFT Live continues right after this. All right, round two is done. Round three is coming for the things we didn't see coming this season. Chris is very happy because he just learned that Aaron Judge is staying with the New York Yankees. Yeah. People didn't see that coming. Woo! What do you got for me in round three, Chris? That was big. I would have been mad at the Yankees if they let Aaron Judge go. Okay, um, um, I, I think I'm going to go with the the fall of GOAT status, right? I mean, And I'm, I'm going to play both of them here. You know, I, I know Brady. Goats in a bad way. Goats in a bad goats way. In a bad way. That's this is goats <laughs> in a bad way. Brady and Rodgers, though. I, I don't think I would have expected, you know, this. You know, and again, I know Tampa's still very much alive, and we had the big moment the other night. But again, I think everybody can agree for the first fifty-five minutes that was pretty average to below average quarterback play. 
And it was amazing at the end, don't get me wrong, but I don't think any of us would have thought we would have been here at this point where it's been like every game where, whoa, can Tom Brady and the Bucks get 18 points today? I don't even know if they can get there. And same with Aaron Rodgers. And will Aaron Rodgers even throw the ball past the 10-yard mark today? I don't know. I just never would have thought some of that stuff would have you know, come down this way this year. The last one for me, and this is one that we've come to grips with very slowly. It didn't happen out of the blue. It wasn't sudden. But we never would have expected the Rams to be the worst defending Super Bowl champion of yeah. all time. A title that many would uh, out there would like to have. The Bills would like to be, at some point, the worst defending Super Bowl champion of all time. The Bengals would like it. The Browns would like it. The Vikings the would Vikings. like it. Anybody that hasn't won a Super Bowl yeah. would love to be the worst defending Super Bowl champion of all time. The Rams got what they bargained for last year with F-them picks, but the bill came due, Chris, and it came due in a big way. And I don't necessarily agree that they'll be fine next year. I really don't because what's happening, they're getting into a point where those guys they didn't draft yeah. with those picks that they gave away would be developing into the nucleus of their team. Yeah. What are they going to have? They got they got the work cut out for them. They do. I, I got a lot of faith in that group. They've always done a good job in the middle rounds of the draft and finding free agents, but I hear you, Mike. I'm not sold on it either. The, and the Lions are very happy because they'll get that first-round pick of the Woo! Rams this year. That's it for today. See you tomorrow. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.